0: Hey, 26er fam, welcome to another episode of the December 26er podcast. I am your host, delicia and this episode features Colbert St. Laurent. Colbert is a trained meditation practitioner, business coach, and co-founder of Zencation Retreats. While a student at Seton Hall University, Colbert found entrepreneurial and financial success early as a party promoter. But when the tide shifted during the Great Recession and clubs started to file for bankruptcy, he knew he had to pivot into something else. That's when Colbert discovered real estate. He applied the same hustle and drive to a new industry and learned how to wholesale properties. Despite the financial gain, Colbert's spirit wasn't being fed. And after a life-altering trip to provide relief after the 7.0 magnitude earthquake that struck Haiti in 2010, he knew he had to vibrate higher. Since that time, Colbert found a way to combine business with purpose. First, as a co-founder of the Meditating Chef brand. And today, under Zencation retreats and his other endeavors, he's helping people move through life while being guided by spirit instead of ego. During our conversation, Colbert not only discusses his personal journey, but also offers up his views on maintaining peace in this period of unrest. So here's his story. Colbert, welcome to the December 26th podcast. How are you?
1: I'm blessed. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to being able to do an incredible discourse and conversation with you and the whole. December 26th a podcast. So thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for being here. You know, you come highly recommended from Gene Alert, who he calls himself the president of the December 26th fan club. <laughs> so um, he's a member of our family. He's our brother, our brother in podcasting and now like our brother in life. So if, if he recommended you, I'm very happy to to have you
1: on. That's my guy, man. Uh, they, I I appreciate him. He's also my co-host. Uh, he's the the host of the actual uh, Faith Rod Inspired podcast. So um, I, I joined on about a few months ago, and I've known him for over ten years. So um, that's that's my guy. That's my brother. And um, once he said I have, I have a podcast interview, I said let's make it happen. So you know if he if he recommends it, I know that you guys uh, are, are clearly on the same wavelength and frequency that we're all vibrating at at this point. So it's an honor and pleasure to be here.
0: Cool. So let's jump into it.
1: Who is Colbert Saint Laurent? Oh wow, Colbert Saint Laurent is a uh, a student of life. I am a student of life. Um, I call myself a universal alchemist. I have studied the universe of, of of alchemy, and I've an alchemist is basically someone that transforms some something with love. So uh, I would say that I'm a student of life, but I'm also um, a teacher of life as well. So I'm a student and a teacher of life at the same time.
0: All right, so let's get into that. Student of life. You know, I believe that every chapter of our lives is meant to teach us something. Um, And if we don't learn the lesson, then it's going to come right back around uh, in in the next chapter or a later one. Um, So let's talk about your early, the early chapters of your life. What was your upbringing like?
1: I grew up, uh, my family, both my parents, they are immigrants from Haiti. They came here in their teenage years um, in Brooklyn. I was born in Brooklyn. My father is actually a pediatrician. So um, him watching him grind and open his two practices, and then we were able to move further out east, out into uh, Long Island. And um, we were were able to establish ourselves. And uh, basically, my father got to create the American dream. And then from there, it was getting the education that we received, um, did all the right things, did everything that we're supposed to do in a typical um, Haitian-American, or I could say Caribbean lifestyle is go to school, get your degree, did everything from the d- whole line. And... Um, that was it. My upbringing was was, was, was very, very uh, lovely. I can say, um, I know we're in a time where a lot of people are speaking of privilege. I can recognize the privilege that I had growing up, being able to take vacations every summer, uh, go to different islands and things of that nature, experience the world. So the beginning of my life was very sweet and also at the same time in a bubble. So it, it is a gift and a and a curse, as they say. But I'm, I'm grateful for so it. Tell, I'm, the, I'm the oldest of four.
0: So tell me more about what you mean by that, living in a bubble growing up.
1: Well, the, the thing is like the realities of the world are coming out to the forefront now. And these are things that if you weren't really put onto or educated with, then it's easy for you to get lost or not realize that you have been protected. You know, what I've realized over time in my life is that. One, in this point in life, it's about 75% of, 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 uh, of families, especially in color, colored families grew up without a father. So one, I realized that I've, I've, I had to realize what privileges I did have, you know, having a father in the home, having my parents be married for over 37 years plus, happily married, those things allowed me to, I'd say, have, it's, it's the foundation that a, re- a lot of people didn't grow up with. And what they also tried to do is protect us from the realities of the world. Like um, they, they wanted to do the thing of educating you and putting you in this place. I actually had the benefit of growing up in like a mixed school. It was predominantly white, but there were a good majority of other Haitians as well. There were other Caribbeans. There was, you know, it was, it was a nice mix. So um, that was more of a bubble, that, that, that whole school era that we grew up in, um, where I grew up uh there wasn't much racism like in the forefront that I could sit there and say I dealt with, and um I was kind of sheltered away from the realities of the real racism that exists in the uh, in in our world, so you don't realize that until you get out into the world and I had to experience dealing with police and and, and I, the things that I never had to deal with when i was I was home you know it was it was safe space a great one of the best uh school districts in the actual nation and um when you grow up with those things, it's, it's a, it is a bubble. Because when you step into the reality of the world, you realize the world is not like your little area where you don't feel it that much, you know. Um, so so that was that was it. And I also grew up an athlete, so that's another thing that I also realized. When you're a good athlete, you you get you get a privilege as well. People seem to receive you better because you 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 bring them wins and and you're an asset. They see you as somebody valuable. So that that being on top of that those things create the bubble that you don't realize is the world that is way greater than yourself. And then I had to start to awaken uh, the awaken, awaken to the realities of the world that we live in. And, um, that was over time. I started to educate myself and like, that's the bubble, the education that they gave us, um, the religion I grew up in, uh, it didn't really give me much clarity of what it was. I didn't really understand who I was at the core. So, uh, it was more so a bubble of the, of a world that I, I did not, I did not understand that there was a whole bigger bubble that I, I was not in, in 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 tune with.
0: Right, but the way you describe it, you know, I've had these conversations and this discourse around a different of a different experiences between uh, Black Americans and those who are first generation here and whose families are from the diaspora, the Caribbean, etc., and those who come here and like knock it out of the park in terms of career finances, etc. and sometimes you'll hear uh, from those who don't have that story like oh they think they're better than us right because their parents were doctors or they, they lived in that bubble but not and 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 the other side too, there is sometimes an elitist uh, mentality or energy that can mm-hmm. come off um, that subset you know of the of the black population. however, so I think it's commendable that you recognize, hey, yeah, that was my upbringing, and it was a it was a bubble. But when I got outside of the bubble, um, you know, I, I realized there were some things I had to face as a, a black man. But also, I think you know what's important to note is often we've been having a lot of conversation about structural inequality and how those things impact us economically, you know, from generation to generation. Now, you grew up in a situation where your dad built this really successful pediatric practice that gave your family. Um, a comfortable life, what did that do for you in terms of the vision that you had for yourself going to college and then thinking about what you wanted to do professionally?
1: That's a great question. Well, for me, watching my father have his own practices, his own businesses, watching him work for himself, even though he was self employed, there was a lot that I looked up to, and I believe that the the whole point of every family is to continue to build on top of what our forefathers left behind. And I, I had a duty to realize that take, take, take everything, take the good with the bad. Even though my dad had to work tireless hours, he may not have been able to show up to after school activities and things of that nature. I was able to say, um, there has to be a better way because I want to be able to experience my son's, you know, life and all the things that he has, the accolades and show up when I can. So it was about realizing that there are higher levels of life and we have to educate ourselves to figure out ways where we can create, you know residual income or we can create passive income so that allows us the, the time and the luxury to say uh, I'm not I, I'm not I'm not popping into the office today my son has a game I'm gonna make sure I sit there and support and um I had games on the weekend so he was able to you know su- support come come and support me on those games that were outside of school the school he was never there but one thing that I could I can say is just watching my dad get up every day and work for himself it, that's something that I always wanted to make sure so I I created my first LLC when I was 19 and um those are things that I realized now I was ahead of my time but that's because I I was I was uh, Exposed to it, and understanding that this is the actual way of the future. So I've always had this entrepreneurial mindset um, from from young. But um, finding my niche that happened over time. That was with me getting to understand who I was at the core, instead of you know the the, the bubble of the world that we all grew up in. You know, I had a lot of idols that you could say growing up. And, and, and I was a nightclub promoter and all of those things. And I looked up to the Jay Z's and the, and the Puffs because they were, you know, successful black men and they owned their own business and they were entrepreneurs. So I feel like a lot of us did look up to those those gentlemen in particular, but um, we might have been a little bit too influenced by them. And, and, and that's why it took a while for me to find out what was for me. So
0: take <laughs> me back age 19. You're at Seton Hall at this point.
1: Seton Hall Pirates, yes.
0: Okay, so at Seton Hall, beautiful campus, by the way, uh, formed your first company at 19. So what was the business focus at that point?
1: Well, I'll tell you I, um, it was innately there was a lack. When I came to the school, Seton Hall was the number one four, it was the number 14 party school in the nation. but I guess be, right before I came there, they started shutting a lot of that down. So there was a lack of events. there were a lack of things that were taking place on the campus. So it was like, well, if they're not going to be parties, we're going to make the parties. And uh, my first LLC was Flying Focus Entertainment. And it was about just throwing parties. It was just really just filling a void for a need. And then from there, uh, people started to come out and support to the point where the word got out to even promoters in, in, in New York. Like, yo, these guys have a good following. And then we started to get phone calls to promote parties in the city and Manhattan. And before I was even 21, I was like literally hosting clubs and and they were, uh, it's just because we had a following. And that was a time when the economy was booming and there was a lot of money. I was on payroll with a few clubs and uh, I was getting money just weekly. And um, it, it really just blew up organically. And then I saw the recession hit and then you saw the clubs start shutting down and the clients aren't coming out as much and, and not spending as much money. And it's like, you, you, you know, clubs are going bankrupt, so they can't pay me anymore. And that was when I really had to realize, like, I, I didn't have much control. I, I had to understand that, that once again, there is, a, there is another level that you have to reach where you can start to control your destiny instead of somebody telling you, yeah, I know we owe you $3,000, but uh, we're bankrupt. Sorry. And, and that's it. And I have to just walk away. You know, so those, 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 those are the things that, that took place. But it was all about just filling the void, creating an atmosphere. I enjoy to entertain. I enjoy creating an atmosphere for people to have fun. And um, I still to this day, that's what I do. And that, that even when I went to my next businesses, all of that still incorporated the aspect of creating that that vibration of, of love and just just happiness and entertainment.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting you mentioned the the party piece and clubs, you know, during the recession, because I watched that movie with Jennifer Lopez, Hustlers, um, where she's working in this this strip club and there is, you know, they're making a ton of money from Wall Street guys. And then it all dries up. Right. There's no money to to throw in this strip club. And um, so they end up getting into some criminal activity. These these strippers to, to try to beat these guys out of whatever they do have. But watching that movie, I was like, you know, I didn't even think we all know how it affected the mortgage industry, big banks, you know, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I never thought about how it affected the entertainment business, right? Um mm-hmm. and and the party scene because you tend to think everybody wants to party, right? No matter what what time right. or economic uh space we're in. Um but at the so at the height of that when the recession hit just before that happened, you know, you're what, 20 years old somewhere in there.
1: Yeah. About 20. Right. Right. Yeah. I graduated. I was right about 2008. So I was about 21. I was about 20. Okay. So 2021
0: at the height, right before things crashed, how much money were you
1: making? Uh, man, I was making $800 a night. I would make $800 a night minimum just to show up for one day. You know, they give me free bottles. And uh, yeah, it was, you're talking about the type of money that we were breaking in. To this day, I think about it like, wow, that was the easiest money I ever made. Just to show up, and it was it was uh, when you're on payroll with a club, um, you don't realize once how, how easy it is. And it was literally, and then you get commission based off of your, your bottle clientele, and so some checks would be, it'll vary, but minimum it was eight hundred dollars, and then on top of that, the commission you make off bottles, and um, yeah, so that that was that was a, it was a, it was a different shift. So, and then not the fact that you bring up you know the criminal activity, there was a lot of things that I even because of that. You're used to comfortable having that cash flow and a lifestyle. I caught myself into things that I never thought I would I would I would I would devil into but um luckily, I never got caught up with the law, but just when I look about my consciousness, I was like, yo you you're, you're dumb, you're not thinking you know because if you would have got in trouble you could have you could have easily as a black man but when you're young, you're not thinking about the repercussions. you're just thinking about you know the dollar and and, and, and making your money but yeah it was it was it was a lot of money that was flowing in and out of those clubs during those times.
0: And, you know, it's that frontal lobe, I think we forget that when you're 2021, that frontal lobe is still developing and you don't really (laughs) think and have the (laughs) foresight to really consider, you know, the consequences. So you're making all this money, which for that's good money for anybody, let alone a college student. Um, But you had you were majoring in criminal justice. Is that correct? Correct. Yep. Okay. So majoring in criminal justice. So what drew you to the criminal justice major? Did you have aspirations after school to go into that space at all, even though you were building this entrepreneurial legacy?
1: Well, you know what it is. Going into college, I feel like a majority of kids don't know what they want to do. Um, One thing that I I always said that, and my dad is like, you're going to be a lawyer, you're going to be a doctor or engineer. I went in pre-law originally. And um, halfway through, I was like, there's no way. <laughs> this is not for me. Um, there's no way I'm going to keep up with all of this reading. And on top of that, doing all the partying that I was doing and, uh, and criminal justice. I've always had just a knack for understanding the law. So um, that's the one thing that, I, that drew me to it. Um, and at one point, I even thought about beforehand, before I started realizing how corrupt the world was, it was even law enforcement as well. But um, I, I automatically knew that it wasn't for me. I automatically knew it was for me. But what I can say is that I learned a lot about the law and how the law was written and how it, it was created to manipulate in certain, in certain ways. And that's a whole different understanding example. When you start to understand the technicalities of how the country was written, how, how, the, how, the, how the Constitution was written, and how laws are created, you have to understand that there is gray areas that a lot of people learn to play in. And you also have to learn how to protect yourself. So that's the one thing that I can say is, is learning how unjust our system was. And how it really wasn't set up for our success, but you have to understand the game you're playing before you can go playing in it.
0: Absolutely. Um, so you, you take the criminal justice major, run with that, moving in this entrepreneurial space. The recession hits. Uh, you end up graduating pretty much mm-hmm. after the crash of 08 or 09 the next year. Um, but what at that point? So what was next for you? When when you saw that, like what has essentially been easy money had dried up in a sense.
1: Yeah. One thing I could say, I had a mentor that popped up and he was he he was a millionaire. Um, He actually was just recently he just came out of, uh, of jail. And then I actually had a friend of mine that introduced me to him, but I loved his mindset. And I understand once again, he was, he was of Haitian descent, but he was a lot, he was a lot older than me. And he, one thing he gravitated towards me, he says, you have a gift. And he used to come out to our parties. He was one of my biggest clients too. When I'd come out, he spent a lot of money, but he had a knowingness of other industries. He, he's the one that brought me into the real estate game and taught me how to wholesale properties and taught me how to to, to leverage aspects. And those things. So a lot of those things I started learning and I had to realize I have to start positioning myself because one thing I wasn't going to be, at that time I was in my 20s, but a lot of the promoters were like 10 years older than me. And I saw them, are there was, there was one turning point where I saw people arguing for money at the end of the day at the club. And it was all promoters. And I looked up and I had that moment and I was like, nah, this is not it. I'm not going to be sitting here arguing with a bunch of men for money. This is not worth it for only a few dollars. And that's, that's when it was like there was not, wasn't, you could see people were fighting for a little bit amount of money when the money used to come easy. And it was like the clubs didn't have it to, to, to give out the way they had. And I, I just had to walk away. So real estate was that game that I saw that it was possible when I made my first wholesale deal. And I saw that it was possible. Um, I, I started to dive into that. But it was, it was always money though. You know, at that point it was money. We started the parties because it was a need and it was just fun. And then the money just came. But real estate, I had a love for doing real estate too. You know, anybody loves to watch real estate do a little flip and make some money off of it, but it was still centered around money. And I started to realize that I started attracting people that thought the same way. All they did was think about money. And, um, that was a turning point when I started to find my faith. That's when I started to find God. I, 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 I had to have that realization within myself that I was putting money too high on my priority list. And I wasn't taking the time to spend with family. I would, um, you know, I would just skip out on things just to go, you know, seek opportunities of money. And um, I had lost my aunt unexpectedly. And that was, uh, I was tough. And um, in 2010, that's when the Haiti earthquake happened as well. So I, I went through a whole lot of soul, soul searching. And then right after that her earthquake, I went down with my father to Haiti to do some relief work. And that was a whole experience like that, that, that changed me forever. I I saw how spoiled we were here in the United States. You know, I've been to Haiti before I, I went when it was club med. So I had the resort, you know, life on the beach and it's all nice in the Caribbean, but after that earthquake and seeing the turmoil and seeing just how bad this earthquake hit our people um, and seeing the the resilience and the spirit of them still strong, but also just just the fear as well of not knowing and just the humility just to have a bottle of water. You know, we'd get we'd be getting things that came in and people be outside the gate of the hospital and just for a bottle of water, please. And um, I, I I I never took anything for granted anymore. I saw how good how big the bubble really was like especially for us in the United States you know and um that that was a turning point for me that that actually led me to where i am now in this whole spiritual space and bringing it all together with business and all those things but spirituality is at the forefront of my life and that's 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 why i have i found my purpose and when you find your purpose you're able to you know find put your passions along with your purpose and find that alignment
0: absolutely and and i think and nobody blames, especially Black folks, when when we tap into ways to do well for ourselves financially and going hard and grinding after that and, and riding it to the wheels fall off. Nobody's going to blame us because there's so many people who want that in our communities who can't seem to, to get over the hump. So you could have been... Um, wholeheartedly focused on real estate, doing your thing, continuing to amass wealth. And nobody would have said Colbert's focused on the wrong thing, right? They would have just be like, yeah. he's killing the game. But you have this experience um, of a major crisis in Haiti and seeing that and pulling you out of the bubble in a way. And you have this moment of clarity where you decide, okay, my faith is more important than just making money. How did you bring those two things together, though? Spirituality and business.
1: <laughs> that that led me to um, my next business was which was which was I say my third business because I had the obviously the holding company for the real estate, but um it was meditating chef and company and it was about I met my uh, my business partner um, chef Jay I know him my whole life he was a music producer and he actually had a shift in his life and that's when I started to see a lot of synchronicities pop up I I, I had got up with him after his whole career had stopped and he just went on this whole path of spirituality and meditation, um, was something that he taught me. He said, meditation helped change me. And I knew how big of an ego he had before. So seeing his energy shift completely, I was like, I was already in that space where I was, you know, going to church faithfully. And I had an experience where, you know, spirit saved me. And, um, I was just going through a, a, a breakdown process. Like just in tears. Like I had no way to explain it. The the, the spirit was humbling me. It's a humility where you feel like you hit rock bottom. And, um, meditation was the glue that brought it all together. And, um, he was excellent with um, cooking food, organic food, fresh food, and he was just a magician. And obviously, the mindset goes right off. But an entrepreneur's mindset is like, this is something that can become big. You know, people just started gravitating towards us because, one, it was meditation. It was giving conscious lifestyle, organic food, you know, things that people weren't thinking. I got, he was the meditating chef. I was the alchemist. I made the drinks from zero point. i juice everything fresh, and then we'd make cocktails, mocktails, and it became this thing that happened once again. It wasn't planned. It just happened organically. So one thing I can say, we didn't scale it. We didn't have a plan. It was just something that people just started to talk about. And that's when Instagram was really starting to take off. And we were able to showcase all of the things that we had. And then the Sean Johns, the Diddy's would call us. We did a summer jam. We fed the whole staff. Uh, We even fed Toni Morrison. We had got a lot of clientele that was really just Gravitating towards us, it was two young black men um, that were cooking high-level food and drinks, and also uh, teaching meditation as well. So we do meditation uh, brunches where we teach people about conscious living, meditation, teaching them about their sexuality, and um, that was the next feat. So that's how I was able to bring them both together. Um, But one thing I realized we didn't set it up to scale. It was it it became two personalities, and then we became self-employed. So when it was like, oh, so and so hit us again. We got a big budget, but we have to go do the shopping. We have to do the prep. We have to do all of that. We have to, and it became a job in itself. And that is burnout. I had my child and he had his child. And it was just not something that we could maintain because it was it was so boutique. It was not something that we can easily say like here's a simple recipe for a burger recreated. It It was like it's it's a meticulous work that went into it. So that that went on for 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 a long while, but it became uh, very hard to maintain and it wasn't scalable. And that's when I had to learn about scalability. And it, it was all through these these lessons that I had to learn what the true essence of business was and becoming an entrepreneur is about figuring out and planning. And that's where planning for for me is everything. You have to really plan to win or else you're you're really planning to fail. And, and, and that's how I've gone with every business moving forward. But Meditating Chef was that next company that that, that happened organically, but it was really spirit-based. It was really about the meditation. And that was one thing I said, we, we're starting to become more so a catering company and we're losing why what really brought us together. It was the meditation. And that, and that allowed me to evolve into a, a greater person. I had a, a knowingness of who I was. I did a complete 180. I started to eat better. I started to think clearer. My mindset, my energy changed. The things that used to bother me no longer bothered me. I fully mastered myself through meditation. And that was just the one thing that I wanted to make sure that I always kept with me. And I taught over 400 people how to meditate effectively, leading them to live better lives. And for me, there is no better satisfaction than knowing that you've left an imprint on somebody's life that they could always say that, you know, this person helped me through a tough time. And now all of a sudden you're getting, you know, testimonials or I had anxiety. I no longer have anxiety. I have done with sat with cops, cops that are set in tears because they've sat with emotions that they never learned to release. And it was through the gift of, 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 of meditation. So for me, uh, it's all about enlightening my people, giving them the information. Business is business, you know. Um, I, I, it's not, it doesn't drive me as much. It's something that just comes naturally. Anybody can do business once they learn it. But my more so my my main thing is getting people to understand who they are at the core, really getting them to tap into their highest potential so that they can create anything. You know, making money is not difficult. You know, any, 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 anybody can learn to make money once they find what they like to do. But most people don't know what they love.
0: Yeah, well, it's interesting. That's a good setup for for my next question, because I do want to get into your current enterprise. But before we go there now, you talked about. Three distinct industries, entertainment, real estate, and you could we could say, you know, spirituality and uh, hospitality, Hospitality. right? We'll put those two things together. Yeah. And you found success in all three, right? So the last one, it might not have been scalable because of the way that um, things were set up. However, just the people that you were able to serve and the clientele that you were able to reach. What folks would do to have that visibility and, and opportunity. And a lot of times, um, and I talk to people who listen to the show and, and, you know, who are passionate and have these ideas, and they're like, man, you have these people come on the show that they're into what I'm into, but the way that they were able to make it pop, I can't even get this off the ground. I can name probably five people right now that I know uh, personally who cook, are really focused on healthy eating, healthy living, spirituality, all that, but cannot monetize to save their lives. Just can't figure out how to do that. So what separates a Colbert from someone who's like, I have the talent, I have a passion for this, but I, I can't seem to get a business going. What has helped you find success in these distinct areas
1: and relatively easily? You know what it is? Um, it, it's a it thing. I start to realize that certain people have certain gifts you know and um i had to realize and it's it's, it's i could say that humbly it's just certain people have it and i do contribute a lot of it being an athlete growing up i've i've always seen success i've always won a lot of championships um you know i have friends of mine that are in the nba i played with them and it's just i just have always won even like growing up my mom used to give me raffle tickets and i just win it was just like she's like oh you're my lucky charm and i just i just win so it's it's an energy that I've realized that I've learned to harness and it's just naturally what I have. It's an, it's an embodiment. Uh, one thing I will t- say, as, as, as far as being an alchemist and teaching people, I teach people about numbers. And I teach them how numbers are everything, how the, how the universe was created by numbers and symbols and geometry. And it's a universal language. And if you want to understand who you are or your archetype of who you are, you can just simply look into your birth chart. The day you were born, the time you were born and all these things, it can give you an understanding of who you are. So numbers create clarity. You know, we 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 don't we don't we can't make phone calls without numbers. We can't have a credit card. We need we get social security numbers. We have addresses. It's a universal understanding. So these numbers carry vibrations. And I'm born on the 27th. And when you break down numerology, two plus seven is nine, and nine is the highest number that you can reach. And then you go back to one. So you go to 28. Two plus eight is ten. So one. So everybody carries a vibration. And there's a there's, a, there's something about my vibration of a nine of a completion that allows me to have that completedness, So that confidence, it's a confidence thing that you cannot recreate. And um, I've realized that over time, just, 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 I used to be a cocky, arrogant, you know, just because things came easy to me. But I had to realize that that's a gift. And if you don't, you don't use these gifts responsibly, the creator can take them back or you won't see success. So that's the humility, the balance that I had to find between the ego and the spirit that we all have within us. We all have a spirit, we have an ego. But when you learn to marry them together, that's when you can start to see life come together. And that's, that's, that's where I started to really understand myself. Because I really, when you're that gifted, and there are a lot of gifted people out there that can, anything they put their mind to, they can see success. But the, the point is, is understanding what it is that you want to do. Because you can end up manifesting something. And then when you get it, you realize like, nah, I don't really want this anymore. I'm tired of it. So it was about manifesting a life that I can say that that I want to live and keep with me and I can maintain and be happy with for the rest of my life. And a lot of that is is geared towards what I do now. I actually just became ordained as a minister back in uh, the 20, uh, February 21st. So it's, it's really about bringing my people together. And, and when you find a way, because no matter what, God is at the center of everything that I do. And you can create wealth and money still in a sacred way and bring people in with you. But it's about creating what's not been created yet. And that's the times that we're in right now. It's about creating a life that's custom designed for you. It's not going to look like somebody else's. And you're going to be unique. We're all unique in our own way. We all have our own gifts. But it's about tapping into really who you are and then allowing Source, the Spirit, the Most High YAH, to give you that energy to show you how you can manifest it. And, and once you have that trust in the universe and everything around you and you've raised yourself to the frequency that, that that allows you to be surrounded with the people that match your frequency, your values, your morals, and everything that you're about, then you're able to create the heaven on earth. But uh, a lot of people do it backwards. They hustle backwards. And then they get to a point, and, and it's because they never chose to include God in in, in in what they wanted to do. They were just moving straight off ego. They, they they forgot about the whole other aspect of spirit that you have to put in. And um that, that was me understanding that I had to realize how powerful I am and I can create we are all creators. And it doesn't matter if you even go back to the Bible. The Bible says, Jesus says, ye are, "Ye are all gods. So that means understanding that we have the power to create a life that is for us. And we have the power to use that. Obviously, I give all praise to the Most High in everything that I do. But I understand that I have the power to create a life that is for me. And I have to make all the choices and hold myself fully accountable for everything that I choose to do in every moment. And I was just understanding that I had to really be meticulous in how I use my power so that it, it, it's, it's always there to do good and right by people.
0: And, you know, it's, it's interesting that you brought together the, the the God piece, but also the power that we have to manifest. And I think sometimes when you start to use this language, people are like, you're putting yourself above God. Not I that the Bible itself says, as a man thinketh so is he, mm-hmm. right? So, so mm-hmm. much of what we have outwardly is based on our own mindset, right? And and there's mm-hmm. so many there's so many hints in the Bible to this life and death and the power of the tongue. Speak those things that be not as, as though they were. And mm-hmm. that ego piece that you mentioned, I think sometimes what happens, and I see this happen with people a lot, is that when you believe that God has given you something to do, or you have this vision or an inherent knowing of what you're called to do, you know, a lot of us, particularly people with strong personalities, we're like, full steam ahead with that. Right. But when we, when we meet up against someone who speaks negatively about it and that person may be someone whose opinion we trust or who's has notoriety in the space we're trying to move in, you'll get caught sometimes in that. If you're moving out of ego, you'll get caught in the reaction to that negativity. So Mm -hmm. it's like, well, I thought this is what I was supposed to be doing, but now this person who's well-respected said that it's not. And now I'm shaken. And you're shaken because you were making decisions based on ego and not spirit. Because when you make decisions in, in, in spirit, there's a certain solid foundation there that you're unmovable with what you are are known, uh, you know, you're supposed to be doing. And and one of the things that personally I had to learn um, and I've had different visions come to me and people are like, how are you going to do this? Maybe you should scale it back. Um, and what I had to learn to do is when you get the negativity, you got to shut it down and move on. You cannot Mm. internalize that. And one of my favorite um, outward demonstrations of this is The Pursuit of Happiness, Chris Gardner, uh, that the movie yes. that Will Smith was in. And he's in this, yeah. you know, boiler room environment trying to find clients and he's making phone calls. And it got to the point where he didn't even hang up the phone between no's. He would call and somebody would say, no, thank you. And he'd hit the button and just make mm-hmm. the next call. And I've tried to adopt that in my life. When I get the negativity, when I get the no, I'm not even hanging the phone up. I'm just hitting the button and moving on to the next thing because that's not the yeah. right messaging for me. And I'm not going to take that in. And I feel like when you can get there, then I've I'm, I'm, I'm figured it all out. Right. It, it's an ongoing uh, growth process. But when you can figure that out, right. that's when you learn to move from a place of vision and spirit as opposed to your own ego. A
1: hundred percent. A hundred percent. It it takes it takes a process. It's a process of understanding it. And I can say that when I started to really move in spirit, there was a certain confidence that nobody could take away from me. You know, um, when you have those times where people have an everybody has an opinion, you know, but when you're fully in that spirit and you fully have knowingness that you're being divinely driven to a destination, and I started to fully understand what the universe was about. I really had to dive in deep into every great book. You know, the Quran, the Bhagavad Gita, you know, the the Tao Te Ching, uh, the Bible. I I took from all of them. I started to really realize that there are no limitations. And a lot of the limitations that I was walking with were not limitations of my own. They were limitations that were given to me. And a lot of people have to understand that we've been given a lot of things, whether it be from generational trauma, whether it be from society, whether it be from family, whether it be whatever, the environment that you were born into was what you woke up into. And it's about awakening to what the reality is and finding out who you are. Nobody knows who you are, but you. And uh, a lot of people have people that have such an influence on them that it's tough for them to learn how to navigate because their whole life has been controlled. So you really don't know how to make decisions on your own. And you can only learn to make decisions by making your own mistakes. Because if it's somebody else, you're just going to sit there and point the finger. And that's when I had to realize I had to take my life into my own hands. It, 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 nobody's going to, to make, it, make this happen but myself. And no man can save you but yourself. And um, that's just the reality. You have to do the work. Nobody's going to be able to do it for you. And um, the, the self-work, the, the mastery is, 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 the, is the greatest part. So uh, there is a, a term that people have known to say, like a jack of all trades, master of none. I like to call myself the jack of all trades, a master of one, because once I mastered myself, I can master anything. I master, I master that relationship Then anything that I chose to put my energy towards, I know that I can do. But it's about finding yourself who you want and then mastering whatever you want from, that, from there and there. We are multidimensional beings. We can be a singer, an actor and a lawyer at the same time. You know, that's, that's the gift and understanding like you can do it all. No one's going to put limitations on it but yourself. And a lot of the limitations that we're walking with is that we're we're choosing to walk with these limitations. And they don't really serve us any good because if you want to really reach your highest potential, you have to let go of every single limitation. You have to embrace the darkness because there were times, and i say this, being in the entertainment world is a dark industry. Being in it, I can say that I almost lost my life once. I was robbed at gunpoint with two guns on me, you know, for a chain that I had around my neck, watches, just leaving the club. You know, that's the, that's the understanding of like, I had a choice. And you will never see me in a club ever again because my energy, my value is too much. I do private events only because I understand how valuable I am. I have a family, I have a son. I have to make the right decisions. Um, and, and it's when you value yourself, you have to, you can't do, everything everybody else is doing. You know, uh, one thing I say, there's a lot of people out there protesting. I'm all about protesting. We actually did one with uh, Eric, Eric Adams and it was 100 Men in Suit. Once again, we knew who put that together. All the others that, you know, people are going to, I have to understand what I'm getting myself into so, because no matter what, we're still black men out there in the streets. And we have to make sure we ha- we're not, we can't control who walks in a, in a club. We can't control who's going to be there, who's going to do what. There's a lot of factors that are out of my control. So I, I like to have a knowingness of what I'm stepping myself into. And it's all about understanding your energy and your surroundings. So I'm very, very meticulous and, and aware of everywhere that I'm going to be because I understand how much of a value I am to the people around me and I have to be here for a long time, um, or until whenever is my time to go. But I'm going to make sure that I make the smartest decisions at all times.
0: Absolutely. So let's shift gears and talk about um, your current enterprise, Incation Retreats. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: So Incation Retreats, is a, it's actually turned into a platform that we're now showcasing healers from all across the world. We have healers, uh, uh, over 30, 40 different healers from every single continent now. Obviously, we're understanding that we're shifting into a digital world. And we actually had our first destination in Costa Rica that was supposed to take place uh, in May. And as COVID came, we had to pivot. As as entrepreneurs know, when times come, we have to learn to pivot. And, And luckily for us, we're only a year in and we were able to acquire a whole lot of healers because of this whole like online thing and everybody was doing the interviews. So we were able to find so many healers with different gifts and different stories. And we just started to showcase them on our, on our social media. And then we hosted our first virtual retreat on the day, same dates that we were supposed to be in Costa Rica. And it was an incredible turnout. Uh, but I give, once again, I give all, the, all praise to the Most High because we were able to just come up with an idea that was necessary um, as far as virtual retreats, I mean, there were, there were many people that were doing them, but to the extent and the level that of, 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 of knowledge and intent that was put behind it, it was tough. And it was all about self-love, self-mastery. So it, it couldn't have came and landed at a better time because people really need to learn how to love themselves fully. And they have to learn to master themselves fully as, as you can see the the state of the world. When you have a lot of these emotions of fear, anxiety, depression, scarcity, they're all part of the self journey. You have to learn to deal with these feelings, and if you're not prepared for it, it's going to be difficult. So, one thing that I can say, I'm great, I'm I'm grateful because I've I've learned to listen to spirit when it told me to walk away. I walked away from that real estate company because one of my business partners was a close friend of mine I've known over 20 years, but I had to realize that how important it is to surround yourself with the right energy and. When you're in a space where you're seeking spirit and you're seeking a, a spiritual dynamic, I tried to bring them in. Like, yo, I want you to start coming to church for me because I, 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 the spirit was like, yo, you have to make sure that they have a sense of faith, a real sense of faith in some sort of way. And I didn't see that in 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 um in their eyes. I saw them just constantly chasing the material and things that really were not um for me anymore. It was a, it was an energy. And that uh, and darkness, when I say darkness, darkness is not bad, you know, and ignorance is not bad. It's just you don't know. So when you're in a place of not knowingness, you're just going to make mistakes or you're going to put yourself in a place unconsciously. And I had to realize that if people are not there, you can't force them to be there. It's something that they have to do. And if you really do love somebody, you just got to walk away. So it was just easier for me to walk away. A lot of people would say, oh, even my family, oh, wow, you're walking away from this. It's starting to go so well for you. And I was just like, it's not, it's not doing it for me anymore. And, um, those are things that you have to do. You have to learn to walk away sometimes. If it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't resonate with you, you can recreate it. And that's one thing that I always said, I can recreate it again. That's the type of confidence I have. If I, if I did it once, if I did it twice, I did it i I'd do it again. But I'm going to make sure that who I do it with matches the vibration and frequency that I'm at so that I know that there is only pure intentions. You don't have to think think twice if this person is going to do right by you. You know. You know, I've, I've chose to set myself up with people that match and they reflect, they're a pure reflection of me. And that's why I'm able to you know, uh, just go into business because I put myself in that vibration. If you're not in that frequency, you're trying to fake it, it'll get taken from you. You have to really be in that space of knowingness. And then once you're there, the universe can only give you what matches you. But you have to get yourself out of that frequency and really have a real talk. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm not my best self. I'm, I'm clearly, I'm, 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 I'm thinking too much about things that aren't really important. I'm, I'm just thinking about money. I'm thinking about finance. So I'm thinking about women. Whatever your vice is, you have to understand what it is. Those are things that people have to understand that everybody's built different. You know what demons you have. Everybody has demons within them. That's just a part of the human experience. It's about addressing them, you know, becoming, be intertwining them. And that's just, that's, that's all things that, that, that spirit has taught me. And I've learned over time. And for me, I see so much more clarity in the world that I live in. I live a peaceful life now. I can say that I, 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 I by me being the change, the whole world changed around me. And um, all I wanted to do from then on is be able to help people do that. So Zen Cations was really just about putting the light out into the world. And the fact that we had this whole, I call it a corona blessing. Because you have to be able to see the blessings in disguise. You know, a lot of the vibrations and, the, the, like you said, the power of the tongue, we have to be careful of what we speak. Even when people are out saying, I can't breathe, it's not, it's not the vibration that we want to sit there and speak out. You know, that, those were the last words of a victim. So we really don't want to continue to repeat words of a victim, of his last words. I understand it, but these are things that you don't want to really repeat out. I can breathe. Breath is everything. Breath is the spirit. And in, in Hebrew, they call it the Ruach Hakodesh, which is the Holy Spirit. When when God put life into man, He breathed life into man. Breath is the only thing that you have in every moment. So um, I am very aware of how I'm going to speak and what I speak, and um, and that's just a part of being a sacred, sacred being. We're all divine beings, and we have to take control of the thoughts. And the the words we speak and who we choose to spend our time with, because it's spending time as currency, you have to look at energy the same way. You have to look at energy as money. And money is probably one of the lowest frequencies we have out here. But it's easy for people to see tangibly. So they don't they tend to not gauge their time as valuable as their money.
0: Absolutely. So so going back to the statement you made, which some people may find controversial about not using the the term. Um, you know, I can't breathe. They'll say, listen, brother, you know what we mean. We're talking about the fact that we've been brutalized by a system um, and our our brothers and sisters have been put in situations where they've, they've lost their, their lives unjustly um, Mm -hmm. for, uh, in a number of different situations, what that represents for us is not, it's not about a vibrational frequency right now. It's about uh, shining a light on the injustice that we that we are experiencing. So how can you say, how can you talk about this energy piece when we're in a very real struggle? There are people who will listen to this and say that. So what's your response to that? And, and and as a follow-up to that, not only your response, but what is the way to protest or shine a light on this um, that's an alternative to what you deem as a victim statement?
1: Like I said, I study the universe. I study vibration. Nikola Tesla said, if you want to understand the universe, you have to look at it in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. And everything that you speak carries a vibration. So if I say, I'm broke, people have, people tend to say that I am broke. It's a low vibrational frequency. Anything you say, I, anything you say after I am is a statement. And going back to understanding that we are creators, we're creating a frequency. So my reason for saying that, because I understand just listening to those words, I can't breathe, is not a frequency that I we should be repeating. You want to breathe. So I, like I said, I understand why we're saying it to allow people to remember it. I think even when we see it on shirts, we still understand what it means, but it's also we're seeing it, we're reading it, we're saying it. You become the frequency and the vibration. On top of that, we're wearing masks. that make it hard for us to breathe. So I don't want to get into a whole conspiracy of understanding it, but it's this, when you understand that when things become worldwide and it's taken over by the mass media, we we, we tend to be consumed by it. And one thing that about meditation has taught me how to learn to control my emotions, not make decisions based off of emotions. And I'm like, I know a lot of it'll, it'll, it'll trigger a lot of people. And I actually just had a talk last week about triggers, but we're talking about a black race. It, it's, it's harmful to watch you know, someone sit there and lose their breath. But there is also, I feel, an agenda behind it all. I want our people to understand that we have to be sound, think, think level-headed in these moments. We want to allow our energy to be an investment that goes further. I'm not going to tell anybody how to protest or how to demonstrate. I, I believe that with those peaceful protests, they're powerful. I love seeing the whole world come out and do what they do. Everybody serves a purpose. You understand? Certain people are going to be coders that are great on the computers that are making sure the content goes out. Some people are going to make podcasts to sit there and sh- shed their light. Certain people are going to make music. Everybody's going to shed their light. They're going to focus in a different way. Uh, people are going to loop. I'm not going to tell you what's wrong or right. You know, only you know what's right for you. But what I will tell people is where you have your energy and how you use your energy, be wise about it. So I'm not going to say things like, I am broke. I have to correct my family all the time. Like, like for, for instance, growing up, you know, you see a kid and you say, oh, you're going to fall. You're manifesting with your words. I don't want to see you fall. I can easily switch my words around and say, be careful, you know? Uh, Well, when you get up there, what are you going to do? Because then I'm actually helping that person allow their mindset to work. Because when I'm speaking words, they're thinking the words. And it's powerful with, with, with your vibration of words, which you speak. So I'm just here to shed light on another side of it. You know, anything that you hear, take, 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 take both sides of it and, you know, take it as half truth. Take anything you hear as half truth. Allow it to resonate with your spirit. And then from there, make decisions. But, um, I'm just saying that I understand how words, how powerful words are and the words you speak they carry, they, 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 you're a vibration, you're living water. And if anybody's ever seen the experiment where they, they speak words, like curse words into water, it creates a distortion. And when you speak words like love, peace, vibration, they show up in the form of like snowflakes with beautiful geometry. So if you're understanding that your words are powerful and be careful what you speak, it's all in the Bible, it's all in the book, it's for a reason. So that's my only thing with, you know, I, 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 when you have a whole march of people, thousands and thousands of people repeating the vibration over and over and over is putting a frequency not only on themselves, but out into the world. And as everybody knows, we've been taught when we were kids, everything is vibration. Everything vibrates. Even you, you are a living vibration. So there are people that have good vibes, high vibes. They walk into the room, it's like, I love this guy's energy. It feels good. But somebody else can walk in the room and it's like, damn, what happened? Because they're energy. We're energetic beings because anybody can easily rub off on you. It's like, I don't know this guy. You got to watch out for I me. Mean, his energy feels off. And these are things that we're, it's, a, it's an energetic world we live in. And it's hard for people to understand it because we don't see it, but we feel it. We know what love feels like. We know. So when I repeat the words and I'm very sensitive to energy, it doesn't feel right. It's not something that I want to continue to repeat to myself. It's like, I don't want to repeat to myself, I'm broke. It doesn't feel good saying that. I'm rich. I'm abundant. I'm prosperous. I'm a a magnet for opportunities of the highest vibration. Like these are affirmations that I choose to repeat to myself. And when you repeat that to yourself, it's, it's, it's programming your mindset, step in, tapping into your subconscious mind. And people have to understand how the subconscious mind works. You started to break, break down the whole prefrontal cortex and these things. Like when you're in a place of meditation and you're in a void space, that, that thing freezes. You're not, you're not thinking about anything. You're, that's where you can take in those affirmations that you're choosing, choosing to repeat to your subconscious. I just tell people, be careful of the words that you repeat. You know, don't, you don't have to, 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 to agree with me. If you want to continue to re- repeat that out loud, that's on you. But I'm just giving you a, a different perspective for you, for, for you to, to look at it through. And that's just me speaking my truth. And I think anybody should just go out there and speak their truth, whatever they feel to us. But I, I, I study the, the universe and frequencies of vibrations and words do carry frequent uh, vibrations and they're low, lower vibrational words and there are high vibrational words. So hate and is, is, is vib- or I want to die or dead, they, they sound vibration. They sound low. But love, prosperity, peace, peace, abundance, unity, it carries its own frequency.
0: So what do you say to those people? And I've been talking a lot to a lot of folks and, you know, checking in with friends and colleagues and everybody. We're all asking the same questions. How are you feeling? And a lot of people have been saying, you know, I'm feeling anxiety. I'm having bad dreams. I'm feeling rage. Um, I'm feeling fear based on, based on not just what's going on in the world with Black people and to Black people, but also adding COVID, COVID, right, to that and the the pandemic. And it's a a lot that has happened in the last few months. Mm -hmm. What do you tell people who want to find some semblance of peace, right? It can be difficult in the beginning to to tap Mm -hmm. into that vibrational frequency that you're talking about and learn how to meditate or or what have you. But what are some initial steps that they can take to start to change that negative energy and negative Mm -hmm. moods and emotions that they may feel?
1: Uh, I'd say turn off the TV first, um, because the 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 media carries once again a frequency. There's nothing. Everything on the TV is is just it it brings you down. So going back to us uh, the, the understanding frequency, there is a certain frequency that the the media is is emitting. They call it television programming, and um, when you're sitting there and you're watching it all day long, it's sitting in. Taking it in, your body's taking it in, and that that plays to the frequency. So when you go to sleep, right before you go to sleep, you're thinking about these things. You are, you know, these things are sitting with you, and you're going to sleep with them. Um, On top of that, it's it, it is a difficult time. People are out of work, so they have so much time on their hands. They're usually used to being busy, staying active. So you're going to have to really take time to yourself. This is a time that I'm saying for people: it is a time to get to know yourself. Find a book, take it to t- something to take your mind off of it. Do some type of yoga, do some type of meditation, do some type of art, express yourself, just anything to get your mind off of it. Uh, it's, it's, it's important for you to make sure that you have to feed yourself good energy listen to some music, you know, listen to some good music, get outside in nature, you know, get out, go out for a walk, get in touch with it. You know, being stuck in the house all day is not good for our our immune system. You know, this is, these are the realities. People cannot be stuck inside. We are naturally linked and directed to mother earth. It's, and we need to spend time with mother earth. It's a, it's an energy that is necessary to be with. And it, it, it takes you to places um, of just clarity, just a little walk. You'll be, you'll be, you will be realize just going for a walk, how good you feel. Exercising. Do something to get yourself to be fully present in the now moment. The meditation, I say, is the, is the greatest gift, but most people don't know how to do it. Um, but that's why I, I, I give I give free meditation courses for people that need it at times. I do that for my friends at times because it costs me nothing to sit there and just sit there with our breath, to, to silence the mind. The mind goes through at least 60,000 thoughts a day minimally, 60 to 80,000. So when you have all of that going on in your mind and you don't ever have time to sit and clear that mind for a little bit, it, it can stress you out. You can have anxiety because now you're thinking about bills, you're thinking about this. It, your mind, it, it can be a scary place if you don't have a control over it. And that's, a lot of that is self-induced with the things that we choose to consume. Uh, food. I teach people about high vibrational foods. You know, we're eating a lot of junk food. You you know, sitting there drinking a lot of alcohol. These things bring your energy down. You know, you want to keep your immune system as strong as possible, especially with this COVID thing. You know, um, the stress and the fear—they're low vibrational. They can they can induce more stress. A, pe- a lot of people die. There's over you know a hundred thousand deaths just from stress alone. Stress is is a is a big problem for us. So we just have to really spend time. And get away from the things that are bringing us down. If, if It could be a friend that anytime you talk to them, they're they thinking negative all the time or they're saying something negative. As much as it may be, you just got to learn to protect yourself at this moment. You know, I know you want to be there as a friend, but you have to take care of yourself. If you're, if, you're not, if you're not full, you have to really do it till your cup runneth over so that you have enough to share, so that you can, you can create that safe space for a friend that may need, you know, to talk to somebody at this moment. But if you're not there, it's, uh, it becomes like a, a misery wants company type thing. And, I'm, uh, and, and all I can ask for is people to do is just take time for themselves. It's, it's, it's turn the TV off. That's the first place I start. Turn off the media. Stay informed. You know, it's important to stay informed with what's going on, but there's just always another video that comes out. It's, it's, and it's like, it's like now it's just entertainment now. It's like another video pops up every other day. And then you just, it's not comfortable to watch. It's not good to watch. I mean, it's important we see it, but when it's something that you watch all day, it's an image that's constantly being programmed and the anxiety becomes more. It's uh it's, it's an interesting time that we're living in. But I, I can say that we are being tested. Like you said, it's a mental thing right now. It's, it's all about a mindset that you have to learn to cultivate. You have to be very mentally strong. It's a, it's, it's, you can be mentally enslaved if you sit there and watch the media all day and you really don't know what to believe anymore. And it's, it, the, the media is it's, it's trained. They've been taught, they've studied the psychological ways to play with people's emotions because it keeps you watching. And that's how they make money. And uh, it's big corporations that, 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 that own these things it's about doing what we're doing right now, listening to people that are independent and have a, have a, have a mindset of their own so that, that you can learn a different perspective. Um, because of the, the media, I, I watch it for 10 minutes and I'm like, turn it off, I'm done. I, I, can't, I can't do anymore. Because it's, it's not a frequency that I want to sit there and feed myself. I have to, I have to protect the spirit. You know, guard your, guard your heart with all your might because that's where everything flows. Um, so you have to treat this, this, this spirit of yours as this baby that you have to nurture, as if it's a child. Because what it takes in is, is just sitting there and sitting in your subconscious. And you don't even really realize what you're taking, taking in.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so shifting gears, tell me about a time when you had to be extraordinary on an ordinary day.
1: Um, that, that, that time when I got the call that we're going to Haiti. It wasn't even like a, it was like literally four days after. And my dad was like, yeah, we're going to Haiti. And I was like, all right, cool. I know I did what I was getting myself into. But um, when I got there, it was a, it was, it was a wake up call. So because um, a lot of people are like, yo, you OK? They're like, and I wasn't even thinking, I'm just like, yeah, I'm going, I'm going, I'm, I'm, do- I'm going to do this. But um, the type of things that I saw and having to help and, you know, carry there was no beds like people were like we were carrying people on mattresses. Like, you know, they had no equipment to do they to do surgeries. They were using chainsaws. Like it was a lot of things that I could say. It's just, uh, it was it was tough to see, but I, I had to step up because I was needed in that moment. And um, well, one thing that that leaders have to do is learn to show up when um, it's tough. It's tough to get go- when it, when the going gets tough, and um, that's what I was forced to do. But I, I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for that experience because it, it it made me more of a of a man or the king that I am today. Is because of those experiences that um, that 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 you will be sheltered from if you're living in that bubble and uh, um, stepping outside of that bubble and seeing how the world the world really is. It's a it's a it's an eye opener. So that was one time that I really had to step up and say like, yo, I, I have to do this. And I didn't realize it at the time. And they were like, yo, I'm so proud of you for doing it because this was this was this was major. But um, those kids, I'll never forget the, the the face of those kids. They were so happy just to take a picture. You know, like um um. It's, it's, it's the kids of my heart. I love kids. I love, I just love watching them. I love watching them grow. They have a purity in them. They have such a life that they carry and um, these times can strip them f- strip that from them. So when you're able to be there as a support system or you're able to give them direction or they're able to look at you and look up to you, uh, that, is, that is the greatest responsibility. And um, as a father, that's just, that's what you use. You, that's what you want to do. You want to sit there and be an unconditional love and light and a protector for your family and the kids around you. Um, So that was that was definitely one of those times. Awesome. So looking forward, uh, what's on the horizon for Colbert?
0: Is it to continue building this virtual community uh, with Zenkation? What else are you thinking about?
1: Um, teaching, educating. Um, I actually have a, I am the Iamthealchemist.com, so there'll be a school of alchemy just teaching people just the essence of how to become their highest and best selves. Um, obviously we're in a digital world and education is very important. Um, the education that I've got from the spiritual world doesn't compare to the type of education that I paid for. And I'm still paying for it to this day. As you know, uh, going to a, a private institute, so it's, it's, it's very expensive. But what I can say is if I had this type of knowledge given to me, um, from early I could have saved myself a whole lot of time and it's really about saving because cuz now is a time of the essence we're in a time that we've never experienced before in the world and I think there's a beautiful shift. I believe the creator has a hand in it all. I think that the world that we grew up in, this whole patriarchy, is, um, is, is, uh, is fully shifting into more balance. As you see, women are finally getting their respect and uh, there's a balance of feminine energy that's, that's, that's coming into the forefront and it's a necessity. Um, the, the, the current president, president that we have in office is a, ref, is a reflection of the world that we live in. It And um, it's, it's very masculine in those ways. There's really not much care in, uh, in, in, in the way he goes about doing his business but this is this is what the this is what karma is it's a cause and effect thing over time this is what comes to the forefront you know the truths are finally coming to light and um, the the justice is finally being taken care of you know uh, those people that are doing you know a lot of the the molestation and there's a lot of this is a lot of pedophilia going on out there a lot of these things are coming out the light is being shed on it all, and it's a time for people to understand how important it is to be balanced mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally in every field of your life so that you're not having to go through uh, this pain. It's a, it's, a, it's a painful process. So it's about educating our people. Um, uh, as far as bringing in everything else, I have a consultation company. I'm working with some uh, financial advisors and um, some real estate personnel because um Capital is important. Capital is important to create change. So I'm more so using my mindset to uh, bring a meeting of the minds, unity, learning to become, create unity, black unity uh, for us all to come together and really uh, put our minds together so that we can see our dollars go for, for further. So a lot of it is, is, is going to be integrating a lot of my, my knowledge of, of just the material world and business and aligning with other people that have success in those places so that we can uh, create, create a life that um, doesn't require much, much, much hustle and bustle. It's about, it's about getting to a place where we can grow and we can um, see success on every level. That's
0: great, and I think that is a really great point to to end on. Um, but before I let you get out of here, you mentioned your website. Say that one more time.
1: Yes, It's dot com. I am the dot com is uh, actually on in the process of being worked on right now. Um, but everybody can reach me on I am underscore the Alchemist on Instagram, and uh, yeah yeah I look forward to it it's 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 only the beginning it's a it's a, it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a dream come true that I can honestly say that that I've taken my time to really get to master myself and that's one thing that I would tell people is start with yourself first you know we we have this world that we are constantly searching for uh Things externally and the external world can easily throw you off, but you have to do the inner work first. Once you do the inner work, then everything in life starts to become easier for you in life, and um, that's that's really at the essence of what I do. But I will, my, you will, you will see me in a space of uh, of doing a lot of the spiritual work and, and helping people get their mindset right so that they can see more success in their world and a lot of talks uh, with a lot of people. But um, yeah, for me, it's I'm so I, I I'm so early in my journey and there's so much more work to do. So I'm just leaving so much more space for spirit to work, but um, I'm just more so working on becoming me. I feel like the, the currency of, of the future is, is knowledge and awareness and consciousness and being able to educate people in the right way. And um, a lot of the things that I were taught was taught, I had to unlearn. Because it really wasn't for me, especially being a black man in this world, being a black, being a black uh, African American in this world in general, uh, we weren't taught really who we are, or really our power, and um, that's been done uh, systematically and it's been done deliberately. But when you really know who you are and the power that we carry as 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 black people, it's, you understand why they're killing and executing people live on TV. It's it's because they want to uh they want to have your mind. And we have to understand how strong we are, how how strong and loving we are naturally. Because for us to go through what we've gone through four hundred years of, of 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 constant slavery and for us to still be as loving as we are, it's the spirit of God. So I'm I'm grateful for that.
0: Absolutely. And that that's a good message to to put out there. We're not seeking revenge, um, but we're seeking honor and for our lives to be valued in the way that we value them. So um, I thank you for coming on today and, and sharing your story and offering um, your insight as well. And I, I think our listeners are going to enjoy this one. And it'll be a welcomed respite uh, from some of the conversations that have been happening over the last few weeks. We we need to stay informed, but we also need need to know how to keep ourselves mentally, spiritually and
1: emotionally healthy, for sure.
0: So thank you for being with us Definitely. today.
1: Thank you. It's an honor, <laughs> a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: And to our listeners, listen, we've been talking a lot about current events, but we've also been talking about how to keep uh, and maintain your peace. So check out Colbert online at on his IG page on uh, his website. Look into the education that he's doing if you're looking for ways to get started in terms of centering yourself and walking in the highest version of you, which, you know, we promote on this show and we promote manifestation of vision and how we get there. We all know there's that tactical piece, but there's, there's an internal spiritual piece and mental outlook and vision that we have to have as well uh, to reach our highest level of potential. If you've enjoyed this, make sure you like, share and subscribe, tell somebody about it. And as always, remember to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Take care.